0: Election was Tuesday, and we're just beginning to really sort out what it meant. Charles Benson is TMJ4's chief political reporter. He's an anchor at TMJ4, and he is with us live this afternoon. Hey, Charles, thanks for being here. Always great to be here. So, Janet Protosevich wins easily. I mean, they called the race by 9 o'clock. You've had a chance to dive into the numbers. I've seen some of the work you've done on Channel 4. What was her key to such an easy victory? You know, you can break down this race
1: on demos. You can go look at, uh, you know, turnout, which was, by the way, a record turnout, nearly 1.83 million more people turning out for this election than we have ever seen in a non-presidential primary year. But, John, I really say look to Dane County. What happened in Dane County is just stunning when you look at the results. Dane County is the second largest county in the state, but for Justice-Elect Protasevich, it was her number one county in votes. And let me run a few numbers by you. She wins statewide by 200,000 votes. She wins in Dane County by 150,000 votes. So you could almost say she gets three-fourths of that margin just in that county. But here's the other sort of staggering look at this. In Dane County, she gets nearly 20% of her total vote in just one county out of 72 in the state, which is why Dane County has become the powerhouse
0: for Democrats and a problem for Republicans. Charles, to dive off on a couple of points related to that, Dane County is also the fastest-growing county in the state of Wisconsin, which is problematic for Republicans. And the demographic shift shows that a lot of people are leaving the collar counties from Milwaukee and moving to Dane County and to the counties that surround Madison. With that said, Republicans have now lost 14 of 16 of the last statewide races. What do they need to do? What do they need to concentrate on to be more competitive? I think they're
1: looking at trying to find that answer as well. I, you know, I look at these uh, statewide races and generally they're pretty close, uh, but in this race, you know, to see that kind of margin, double digits. That is so rare. I mean, yes, Tammy Baldwin, a U.S. senator, was able to do that in 2018. Uh, and when Republicans do end up winning, like Hagedorn in that time period, he wins in 2019 for a state Supreme Court seat, but does it narrowly by 6,000. The other win is with uh, U.S. Senator Ron Johnson. So they might look, Republicans, to see, well, what did they do? How were they able to accomplish it? And it really then looks into other counties. But there is a demographic change. And I think Republicans are looking at what used to be strongholds for them, what we know as the Wow counties, Waukesha, Ozaki, and Washington. The Democrats, are the demographics changing or are people's perception of what they want from the party percep- uh, changing? And I think the Republican Party right now is struggling to figure out what is that that gets them right now in this losing streak, after having a significant winning streak starting back to 2010,
0: Charles, you witnessed uh, the demeanor of Dan Kelly's election night speech. Does that do damage to the Republicans? In addition,
1: well, I think Republicans will tell you it didn't help. You know, so I think they look at that and say, um, "It is what it is." What he said, and I don't. Th- I haven't heard any Republicans agreeing with it.
0: I want to move on to the Senate race. So the 8th District race, Dan Canodal ends up winning by about 1,000 votes, a point and a half roughly. That means that they maintain a supermajority in the Senate. There's not enough votes in the Assembly to override a veto, so that's not as much in play. But there's been talk often on Charles about possible impeachments of guys like John Chisholm, the DA Milwaukee County, or judges, or others in higher office. Is that a realistic strategy, or what are Republicans saying two days removed? from the election. All right. I think you used a key word there. Is that a realistic strategy?
1: And I think you heard from the Senate Majority Leader, uh, the Republican Lemieux, he's saying that's not where they're going right now. There's certainly not something that is on their radar. But you bring up a key point there. Yes, the Senate now has a supermajority. And what that means is there are 33 senators and now they have 22. So a big issue there or a big win for Republicans would be on legislative issues, that they would have the authority or the power to override the governor on issues where he vetoed. But where they fall short in the Republicans is in the assembly, and they don't have the supermajority there. But if you were going to play out a scenario of where someone was going to be impeached, the Republicans would now have, you could argue, the votes to do it. And simply put, is because... If there is an impeachment, it would begin in the Assembly, and they would have enough votes there to impeach someone. And as we have seen at the federal level with former presidents, Bill Clinton and Donald Trump, once a person is impeached, it then moves to the Senate, and the Senate now becomes the court. This is where there is the trial. This is where the evidence is argued. And in that situation, you can make the point that there are 22 votes to make a verdict. But that's not saying 22 people actually agree that someone should be impeached. And so I think there's still a huge stretch here on what exactly could happen and what you're hearing here. And I, I've read some things from Professor Chad Old father here. He's a Marquette law professor. Talked about this, you know. So it's not just like, hey, I don't like something that somebody did. It has to have corrupt conduct in office or crimes and misdemeanors. You know, you and I, John, were here in 2010 when we saw uh, Democrats make this huge effort: a million people sign uh, to have. Governor Walker recalled, and people saw that as being largely based on a policy decision by the governor. And guess what? When the governor faced the voters again the next time, he got more votes the second time around because there was a prevailing feeling that that isn't the right process to recall someone over a policy issue. And I think Republicans will look hard at is there something here that falls in line with what the statutes say on the issue? Corrupt conduct, crimes and misdemeanors, because if they fall into something else, I think they can get the same kind of pushback that Democrats got in tw- in,
0: during the recalls. I always feel a little smarter after Charles Benson's been with us. The chief political correspondent at TMJ4. Charles, thank you so much. You're welcome.